0: Hello, everybody. Drasco here from 10knorm.com, where my main focus is to help guide heart-centered entrepreneurs under 10K months to transcend the blind spots that keep them from thinking, feeling, acting, and authentically marketing so they can normalize their own versions of 10K months. And in today's episodes, we have another Real Talk segment where I bring in a heart-centered entrepreneur on their way towards their 10K norm. And we have some real talk about what's currently their biggest challenge towards their 10K norm. And in that segment, we're gonna explore who they are, why they do what they do, and then live on the call, I get to help them get out of their own way on a challenge that they're currently experiencing towards their 10K norm. And on the show today, I have Kayla Francis, who is a sole purpose and empowerment coach. And what she does is she supports millennial women who are tired of feeling stuck in unfulfilling lives and careers and are ready to uncover and are ready to fulfill their soul's purpose so they can finally make a living and do what they love to do and wake up feeling on fire in their lives. So very much attuned to exactly the people that we serve here on 10k norm. So Kayla, thank you very much for being here. How are you doing?
1: I'm great. And thank you so much for having me. I think this is going to be fun. Something different for me.
0: Awesome. Well, well, I'm glad it's uh, it's good. Different. And, um, yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Um. So we have a little bit of an idea of you know what you do, right? You're also a coach. So I'd love for you to elaborate a little bit more on that and give myself and everybody else more context on, like I said at the beginning, who you are, what you do, and why you do it.
1: Yeah. So I'm pretty much pretty much want to help people uh, in the way that my coach helped me. I just felt so drained and depressed and i like even saying those words it's hard for me because it brings me back to that place but yeah i remember feeling so overwhelmed with the lack of clarity that i was having around my life and feeling just like what the heck am i even doing here which i'm sure a lot of people deal with um especially younger people and so i help them get out of that fog and that circle the cycle of okay I want to get out of this, but I have no idea what else to do, or is it even possible for me to do other things? And we just, we work together to get out of a place of stuckness, if that's even a word. <laughs> um, I think I just made that up, but yeah, we work together together to get out, of, get out of a place of stuckness and to increase your confidence so that you're able to pursue things um, that you really want to do.
0: Love it. And uh, yeah, I mean, if stuckness isn't a word, then I've been using it wrong as well. So (laughs) (laughs) we have something in common already in that case. Um, Because, yeah, stuckness comes up all the time in all sorts of ways, whether it's personal stuckness, marketing stuckness. Uh, So what I'm curious with you then is you mentioned you had a coach helped you through your version of stuckness and all of the emotional, like the depression and like, you know, I think kind of the derailment of where stuckness can lead to. So I'd love to hear more about how you got to where you were and like, where were you before and all that good stuff?
1: Yeah. So I started out as a very confused college student and I ended up going to college just because I started my college degree while I was still in high school. And I felt pressured to just continue. I was like, okay, I have this AA degree. Now what? Um, And the obvious answer for me at the time was, I just need to continue to get my bachelor's degree and work my way up the corporate ladder. And I thought that was just, it's a simple path. It's what most people do. And I need to just follow this path and I'll be happy. Well, I found out, I would say very close to graduation. um, I found out that I had made not the best decision. And I was very unhappy. I wanted to change my major so many times, but I was so close. And at that point, I was like, I'm not going to change my major at this point. So I just graduated. I ended up getting an internship and I got a job from that internship. And of course, I got into the job, wasn't happy. Um, it's a, a pattern there, just unhappiness <laughs> from the very beginning. And I realized um Okay. I can either just stay unhappy or I can figure a way out. And so I would say through a lot of, you know, there's a lot of detail that went into it, but a lot of figuring it out of how to get unhappy. I ended up bumping into my coach. Um, I did do a search for life purpose and career coaches. Cause I knew that it was my career that was really causing a lot of the unhappiness. And I ended up bumping into her online because her story, I really related to her story. Um, so once I started working with her, we, Discovered my purpose, and then I decided that I wanted to express my purpose through my career. And that's how I ended up deciding that I wanted to be a coach.
0: Love it. Yeah. So oftentimes it is the rising from the disaster that the good things actually surface out of. I, I think it's becoming, not becoming, I think it is the, more of the norm than the uh, outlier. Yet when we're in that space, we often think we're like the only ones. And mm-hmm. the reality is, I think even if prompted to like, hey, can I think of a time or can I think of a person who like went from good to great and like they knew exactly what they wanted to do right away. It's like harder to imagine who that person is versus everybody knows a story, whether personal or a celebrity or somebody that they follow who had some sort of disaster and out of that disaster grew into what they are right now. And it seems like your story reflects all of that so i'm curious what your thoughts are on that
1: i definitely agree with that like i didn't just wake up one day and i was like oh no i want to be a coach it took a lot of self-discovery and a lot of pain uh once again that unhappiness i needed that to happen in order for me to realize that this was not what i wanted what i wanted to do and that i needed to choose make a decision
0: Yeah. Decision, I I think is the key word because so oftentimes we think it is this thing that finds us, but it's oftentimes a decision that allows us to line up for it to to find us. So I I love that you use that word and you mentioned purpose a lot. So what would you say your purpose is now?
1: I always tell people that my purpose is to inspire, to teach. I've always felt called to teach. Uh, I originally wanted to be a teacher, but I realized that Teaching in the sense that I was thinking at the time would not have made me fulfilled. Um, I did not want to work in a school. I would have preferred to just like have my own, make my own little school. That was my dream. I just want my own little school where I can have my own rules. But I, that's just not possible um, in this society unless I became a private tutor. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to be a teacher. And then I realized that there were other ways that I could teach besides just traditional education. And I feel like I can do that through coaching. Um, So I would say inspiring, teaching, motivating, getting people to follow their dreams is what I would consider my purpose in life.
0: Absolutely. And you have a very specific way to express that purpose, which is for millennials. I'm curious why millennials specifically.
1: I would say it's because I see a lot of my peers who are just going with the flow. Uh, like I did. I made a decision because I thought, you know, I'd follow the patterns of what I knew. And that's what we just grow up. I would say from every generation, you grow up thinking that it's go to school, continue school, get a job, get married, you know, all the traditional, what's considered normal. Um, And I feel like my peers, a lot of us are starting to wake up to the idea that that does not have to be our normal. Like you can even see in like all these YouTubers and people who are doing non-traditional things and making so much money from it impacting the world. Um, A video can go viral and the next day you have this huge influence. Um, So I think a lot of us in this generation are starting to realize that there's more to life than just going to a boring nine to five. If that does not make you happy, you do not have to do that. You just have to find something different. Um, And I feel like there are so many more millennials feeling that way, but they're not sure what to do. They're feeling that stuckness that I was feeling because I, it's hard to find other people. The job that I felt stuck in, I was the youngest person there. I was considered the baby. All of them have been there for years, like 20, 30 years, and that's what they're used to. So I did not have anyone I could really relate to who was feeling this way. And I was expected to be at this place for 20, 30 years until I retire. And, you know, I would look around and be like, I can't do this for another 20 years. I, I would lose my mind.
0: And did you get a lot of the pushback of like, Oh, you're crazy for like making this decision. Who do you think you are? Like that kind of thing was Um, that explicit or was it uh, (laughs) something you kind of internalized? I'm curious how your experience was with that.
1: I did get judged because I let my two certifications lapse. Um, I had two national certifications for my career field and It's something that's very, you know, it'll get you up there to become a manager director. You can make more money once you have those. I got that when I was 21 years. Yeah, I believe I was 21 years old when I got them. And so I get judged right now. people are like, you're so young. You could be doing this right now. You could be doing that. And I let them lapse because I decided I did not want to work my way up the corporate ladder. And so, yeah, I can definitely feel, I've had one person actually say something to me, but um, otherwise I can just feel the judgment coming from other people because they expect more
0: from me. Yeah. Which uh, I think is always a funny thing where like, Oh, I expect more from you, but really it's kind of like, if you do what I do, then like, I can be okay with what you're doing because it doesn't reflect anything bad on me. Mm -hmm. Right. It's always this funny, like turnaround and projection that at least has been true in my experience and kind of sounds like it's, it's been in yours. Um, And the other thing I want to reflect back on to you, because I know we have, listeners that are you know say not in your demographic um the fact that you are doing it you know at a younger age I think is awesome because so many times it's the exact opposite like we'll have to go through like a decade Mm -hmm. or two of like pushing through every possible thing that I should have done to realize well what I've just done now is win a game I didn't want to play to begin with. And I think that's actually more of like a letdown and like a crushing of the soul than all of the troubles you might go early on to decide, no, I'm going to like, I'm honest with myself now. And I'm going to change the trajectory early on so I can get that compounding. So just from uh, having gone through a similar path, knowing how bumpy it can be, I just want to commend you for doing it because it's not something that uh, you see day to day. So kudos.
1: Yeah, I would say I always feel bad about saying this, but I use the coworkers that I see as motivation as for what I don't want and how I don't want to live my life. So as bad as that sounds, I've been using that as motivation um, as to I know I don't want to wait until I'm this old or until I retire to start enjoying my life and then still complain or say I need to come back to a job because I need my benefits. so yeah, it's, I feel bad for saying that, but they're kind of my motivation.
0: <laughs> Listen, having the motivation to move away from something you don't want is, is good enough motivation, right? So yeah, that's true. That, that, that. I, I don't, um, I mean, I invite you to consider you don't have to apologize for that, I guess is what I'm getting at. Um, and as a segue to that then, so you clearly have, um, you know, a better idea of purpose than most people, not just your age, but I would say twice your age. And you know what you want to do. You've gone down this road of, okay, I want to be a coach. I know who I want to serve. I know I want to serve them in the way that um, I imagine to be like I'm capable of. What do you feel like is standing in the way of your 10K norm and moving towards that?
1: I think it's my own... Fear my own mind because I've been at this for a while, and each time it's I self sabotage, and I wish I would stop. But you know, it's something that you have to work at. I think I'm getting better at it, but I, it's almost like I'm afraid of success, and that's what I usually talk to my coach about. It's like once I get those pieces of success, and I can congratulate myself on something, it's like my brain is like, oh no, you can't keep moving forward because we won't be comfortable anymore. Because once I do one thing it's expected of me to keep going and keep going and things will get harder, things will get scarier. And I think my brain or my mind is just afraid of that. We're trying to stay safe. Um, And I usually refer to my brain and my heart as where it's like me, myself and I, there's three of us and we have conversations. Uh, We're trying to stay safe. (laughs) So I know being in my comfort zone, it's, it feels good right here. Um, So I think continuing to have success and being dependent on, if I'm the successful coach who's depending on my business full-time, that's still scary to me.
0: Okay. So you said, if I'm a successful coach, how how did you finish that statement? If I'm a successful coach?
1: Depending on my business full-time
0: depending on my business, full-time is scary. Yes. Okay, got it. So when I hear you speak, you're very self-aware. Like I see where I saw sabotage. I think I have a fear of success. Um, I can view and see these narratives and things will get harder and they'll get scarier and they'll get more ominous if I go forward and I succeed. So if you were being your own coach, what would you tell yourself?
1: I would tell myself that I have done things that were scary before and I can do it again. I always note down everything that I, all the successes that I have and I congratulate myself. You know, I take that time to really take it in. And I always pat myself on the back. So I'll go back and review that and say, look at all this that you've done. Why can't you do such and such? Um, Why can't you go a little bit bigger? Because being on podcasts, a podcast guest was considered huge to me. Never thought I would do something like that. This is considered big. (laughs) So once I did this, I'm like, okay, if I can do this big thing, maybe I can go a little bit bigger. Um, So I guess I would tell myself to, Think back to the time where you did something scary or something that was considered too big or too much for you to handle. And how did you move forward with that? Okay.
0: So great answer. Uh, Definitely. Even tactic wise, that's exactly, you know, a good way to overcome the fear. I've done scary things before I can do scary things again. So what's stopping you from implementing that?
1: That's a good question. I guess I just don't take the time to coach myself (laughs) because I didn't think about that before. Um, I guess, well, right now I don't have anything that I would consider too scary that I'm afraid to do at the moment. Um, I guess it just comes to actually putting in the action. There's really nothing stopping me. There's like, I'm capable of doing most things. I just have to do them. So I guess at this point, it's just me choosing not to do something. Because I know I can.
0: Right, because if you do things, that's when they get scarier.
1: Yeah. And once I actually do it, I realize, oh, it wasn't so scary after all. It was all my mind.
0: Does that feel true for you?
1: Definitely. I scare myself way more than I need to.
0: So if you think of what you're most fearful, fearful right now, what do you think that might be?
1: I would say right now it would be leaving my nine to five job. Um, Cause then I'd be like, I'd always be wondering or worrying about, Am I going, is this business going to fulfill me and sustain me or do I need to go back to work? So I kind of hold on to my job as a backup, which I think it's, that's kind of a mindset thing as far as if you have a backup, you're more likely not to move ahead. You'll always be like, oh, I have a backup. So you'll be more lenient with yourself, which I am aware of that. It's just, it's really a major mindset thing for me.
0: Right. So in this instance, is it actually a backup or is it actually the priority?
1: I think it's a backup.
0: And what evidence do you have to support that?
1: I guess I don't really have any evidence.
0: <laughs> so the reason why I asked that is, and you've actually alluded to yourself, I'm, I'm just going to Adding to it is you're like well if I have a plan B then I'm always kind of in the safe zone so you know like I I'm always balancing between the two but Mm -hmm. where you are right now is that is my primary thing if I move away from it my brain freaks out so I never like I'm not really moving away from it that's not really a backup that's your primary your backup right Uh, now is the business right my uh, is my backup as evidenced by my actions and my focus, not by the story of what I want. So does that part make sense?
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Okay. And when you hear that reflect the back to you, does anything come up?
1: It just makes me realize that I am treating my business as a backup rather than my primary focus right now. And it's been even worse these last, I'd say, four to five weeks because stress at work has been overwhelming and it's hard to just come home and want to work on something when you're dealing with something stressful for about eight hours a day.
0: And so it has been
1: put in the back, put on the back burner right now.
0: And that's a different conversation because that's now a conversation about, okay, how do I manage my energy and my resources to work on what I want to be my primary but I think before we get to the tactical aspects of how do I make a safer transition? Cause I, I don't believe you should just like full on quit and go all in. Um, especially if this is kind of where you're coming from, that might be too jarring. Maybe, maybe not like, you know, yourself best, but just in general, I, I don't recommend jumping into that right off the bat. So when you look at um, everything that we've done so far, or rather talked about so far, what stands out for me is kind of your, your first statement of if I am a successful coach, depending on my business full time, that sentiment is scary. How would you, would you word that any differently? Or did I get that right as far as the thought itself?
1: You got it right as far as the thought itself.
0: Okay, so are you open to kind of diving deeper into that and and working through it?
1: Sure.
0: Okay, so if I'm a successful coach, depending on my business full-time is scary, is that absolutely true 100% of the time? Not 100% of the time.
1: Okay,
0: so in what instances would it not be true?
1: I know for sure that it's what I want. And I know that out of it, ultimately, I'm looking for freedom and I'm looking for getting paid what I feel like I'm worth uh, not having to depend on a job to or a regular job, I guess, to pay for my bills or um, when I do start a family, eventually I'd like to be home with my kids. So I guess I'm just looking for I know what a coaching business can offer me and that's what I'm looking for. I can also make a bigger impact, which I cannot do in my current career field. And I'm, I have my vision, which I need to review because I haven't reviewed it in a while, but I had, I written, re- wrote out my vision and being a coach and being able to help people who also have their visions um, is something that I know I really want to do. I guess for me, it's just actually being in it. I know it's not going to be as simple as I want to be a coach and, this is what I get out of it. There's going to be all these like little things within such as having to do taxes and making sure I do get the clientele in order to depend on it full time. Um, I guess it's just all the little things because I'm an overthinker that really gets me going and stresses me out. Got it. Okay.
0: So in that case, when you think the thought, if I am a successful coach, then I depend on my business full time and that's scary. How do how do you react when you think that thought?
1: I start thinking if I leave my nine to five job or any nine to five job, I will have to make sure I'm bringing in money because I'm going to lose that constant check every two weeks. Um, I guess I start thinking everything negative. And I think that comes back to my brain wanting to keep me safe because I never think, oh, well, I will be able to sustain myself. I will be able to live on this full time. I will be getting the clients and attracting the clients that I want to work with. I never think those things firsthand. I mainly think everything negative.
0: So basically catastrophizing mm-hmm. that move. Would that be accurate? Yes, And uh, if you couldn't think that thought, like if we're sitting right now and you just lost the ability to think, you know, if I'm a successful coach and I'm depending on my business full time, that's scary. Who would you be without that thought?
1: I think I'd be on fire within my business because then I wouldn't be holding myself back. And I think I would be attracting the clients that I really want to work with instead of just people who... I'm like, okay, I'll work with you because I need a client right now. I'd like to attract people who are actually, I guess, my soulmate clients. And I think I can reach that successful point or what I would consider success if I actually believed that it was possible and that I will be fruitful once I get there.
0: So if you couldn't think that thought it's like you're then open to more of the possibility of it succeeding versus reacting that it's going to be a catastrophe and and you're going to go broke right accurate yes okay got it so if you were to turn around that statement and this can sometimes be as like I do the opposite or I replace any I like the word I or my with my thinking or my thoughts, it it allows us to view the thought potentially as a projection and explore what might be less true as true or even more true for us. So if you were to do that turnaround, right? So your thought was, if I'm a successful coach, depending on my business full time, that's scary, how might you turn around that statement?
1: Right now, I would like it to be, I am a successful coach who depends on my business full time and is living out my dream of freedom and making an impact, which is kind of long, but. (laughs) Okay.
0: And does that feel less true, as true, or more true than your original statement?
1: I feel like it feels less true at this point.
0: And, and I would agree because you started the whole thing with was what, what I would like it to be. Yeah. Right. It didn't
1: feel real.
0: Okay. So go back to it again. And we want to find something that is more equal or more true. Okay. So I'm a successful coach depending on my business full time that's scary okay if you were to replace and turn that around to something that's more true what might it be
1: i am working on becoming a successful coach that depends on my business full-time
0: okay and that is
1: i would say that's more true
0: okay is it less scary or more scary
1: That's less scary.
0: Okay. So I'm working on being a successful coach depending on my business full time. And that is less scary. Mm -hmm. What if you replaced I'm with my thinking? Or if I think.
1: So if I think I'm working on my business full time. I guess that sounds like less pressure or it helps me actually think, think positive, I guess.
0: Okay, so in what way? Elaborate on that.
1: So instead of saying I'm working on it and saying I'm thinking instead, it'll get me in the mindset of I am thinking that and keeping it in my mind.
0: Okay. And that feels more true to you or say?
1: I think I am working feels more true than I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just because I do feel like I'm working my way there. It's not happening as fast as I would like it to, but I do take baby steps every single day. And so I feel like every little thing I do is making a difference.
0: Good, agreed. So just to kind of play around with this further and see where we can get. So if we were to take out and kind of mold that, that original statement a little bit, right? So the original statement, and if you want to write it down for reference, I'm okay with that too. Um, so if I am a successful coach, depending on my business full-time, that's scary. And what I would invite you to experiment with is to replace that first part of if I'm or if I am Replace that with just my thinking of being a successful coach and then read the full statement and see how it lands for you.
1: Okay. So I would say my thinking of being a successful coach before the if I am is what you're saying?
0: As a replacement of it.
1: Okay. So my thinking of being a successful coach... Depending on my business full time is scary. My thinking of being a successful coach, depending on my business full time, is scary. Yeah, that does help because then I realize that it's just my thinking and it's probably not true.
0: Right. So, is that statement true or truer than the original?
1: It's truer.
0: Yeah. And that's what I was uh, working to see is it's oftentimes not us, but rather our attachment to a narrative or a story that both causes the suffering, right? So in this instance, the anxiousness around, oh my God, like what, what if, what if, what if, what if, right? Mm-hmm. Cause that's how you react when you think the thought Who you really are, your real I is the one that's on fire, is the one that's not holding herself back, is the one that's attracting soulmate clients by putting the business as a priority, not a backup. That's the real I, right? It is your attachment to what a successful coach is, the dependency of that, and your narratives around that, while they are leading, that they go first, that's the part that's scary. So how does that land with you?
1: That makes a lot of sense. Because I have been reading about stories lately and how we create stories of things that's not even true. And you have to just take a minute to realize, like write down what it is that you believe, kind of what you just did with me, write down what you believe and then pick out of it, what are the actual facts? And what is it, what you have made up? And I like blew my mind at the stuff that I had convinced myself of because I had made up all these stories. And I was thinking, where did I even come up with this stuff from? And then I realized it's from my previous beliefs and everything that I've always thought of and believed before. And I create these unimaginable stories sometimes and I don't even realize it. That's what's crazy about it.
0: Correct. Right. So it's, it's unexamined thoughts when repeated often become our beliefs.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Right. We have this again, big narratives on what beliefs are, but ultimately they're, you know, as Abraham Hicks says, they're just thoughts that we keep repeating. And because we keep repeating them, they go into default mode and it's sometimes they become the blind spots that just operate in the background this is exactly the experience that you just went through, which is realizing the scariness of the next step. It was the narrative that was scared. It actually wasn't me. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was that narrative that also drove the essential lie that, Oh, it's the business or it's the job that's in the background or it's the plan B. But it was actually it's actually plan A, as you know, we saw before. So how does all of that land for you?
1: Yeah, that just that's crazy now that you say that. Because all this time I was thinking my job was the plan B. It was my fallback. And I did not even realize that it was actually the other way around. So that's something I'm taking in right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it's the desire it, that that I don't doubt. I, I don't doubt that it's the primary desire.
1: Mm-hmm
0: but then we got to look at reality and see well what what's the truth actually and if the yeah, truth makes is a lot in, of sense i'm going to take whatever client i can get so that i can you know continue to refine this you know i'm working towards coaching narrative if i keep repeating that it's just plan b it's just plan b i can stay and be safe but the whole time what i'm really afraid of is the story about being a successful coach that's the scary part everything else around it just supports it
1: yeah that's wild
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's why I say yeah. my
1: mindset is a major major thing right now
0: and that's okay it is for everybody right like that's that's mm-hmm. kind of, w- welcome to team human right like that this is yeah that's
1: true <laughs> the life experience
0: a hundred percent so just to kind of then crystallize this what I would like to take it from the micro, which we kind of just did more into the macro and examine. So I have this thought, I've uncovered it. There is a connection between the results we see in our lives and these thoughts. So in your instance, from what I know about you, it's I basically just stay where I'm at. I stay in that comfort zone. So when you see yourself you know, kind of revealed now that I'm not actually working towards what I say I want. What comes up for you?
1: I think it makes a lot of sense because I know at one point in my business, I was doing things just to do it, which is, it brought me back to a place of when I was in college, just doing things just to do it. And I don't want that. And that's not how I want my business to be. Um, I do want it to be this plan A and the only plan, actually, I don't really want a backup plan. I want it to be the only thing I do. And I have to pretend that at the moment I have to pretend that it's the only option. I have no other, no other options because otherwise I do know that I'll keep falling back into, and I'm still saying like my job is the plan B, but I'm trying to just make a point right now. Um, I'll keep falling back into, well, I just have my nine to five job. So the business can wait. Um, and I think if I ha- think of my business as just being the only plan and realize, really not having any other options, it'll be easier for me to move forward and be in it
0: 100%. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree because the, the, the shift from plan B to plan A is there. So to just drive that point home, if you were to continue with the business can wait, what are the consequences of that?
1: I will be here in 10 years still saying the business can wait, which sounds like a nightmare. So I don't need to let that happen.
0: Right. And continuing down that road, how would that affect you day to day?
1: Still feeling stuck and always upset at myself for not doing something that I know I can do. So it's ultimately, I just need to make a choice and I need to do things because I have the steps. I know what I need to do. I'm just not doing it. Not all of it, at least. Um, And I know the things that I consider scarier, which is like putting myself out there in the marketing and having to do that relationship one-to-one with people is, yeah, that would be the thing that's really scary for me right now is doing the one-to-one. Like I can do interviews like this, but when it comes to actually like getting in people's DMs and being like, hey, I'm a coach, blah, 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 or introducing myself in the marketing. I never liked networking when I was in college. And now it's a little bit, it's followed me into coaching, but I'm trying my best to, I guess, work my way up to doing networking. So that way I can move forward and get myself out there more than I already do right now.
0: And if that doesn't change, then what's going to happen?
1: I think eventually I'll find a different way to do something because this is something I'm really passionate about and I'm going to make it happen. So even though I'm not, even if I don't do that, I'm going to find something else. And which is what I've been doing now.
0: So like finding different avenues to market.
1: Yeah. If that's not going to work.
0: Got it. Okay. So there is this sentiment of I'm going to find the, the way to move. Something forward.
1: else. Anything that will, mm-hmm. anything that will work for Got me. It.
0: Okay. And then to me, that just sounds like what, like I'm willing to make that choice to move forward because then I can be, getting paid for what I'm worth down the line. I can be home with the kids. I can have the impact that I want to have. Um, you know, I will be able to deal with the things like getting clients and paying taxes and all that stuff. Um, would that be accurate as far as like where you want to go?
1: Yeah. That's ultimately my
0: goal. Got it. And it's like, well, what's standing in the way is basically the current, comfort zone right so not viewing the business as plan a right being stuck or the sentiment of being stuck here for 10 years right continuing to be upset at myself wondering what if that just seems like that's the piece that's in the way right now so would that be accurate
1: yeah i would say that's a big piece of it
0: yeah so how do you see yourself bridging that gap
1: taking action, stop procrastinating, and just realizing that I do have to do these steps that I know I have to do. I have to actually do them because it's not going to just happen or nothing's just going to fall into my lap. So um, I have the plan. I have someone who's supporting me and I have people in my life, my personal life supporting me. And so I need to just take that and take advantage of the fact that I have the resources right now and I have luckily for me and my job is flexible. So I need to take advantage of all these things while I can and just make a choice to do something.
0: Got it. Yeah. Or do more things. I, I would definitely agree. And like, I think you can see the pieces starting to like fit together. So just from my perspective to kind of sum it up, it, it seems like the biggest hurdle as far as you moving towards that path Right, like actually taking all the steps you know you need to make. It really just comes down to my ability, my skill set, my propensity to work through the resistance, like the inner resistance that comes every time I do one of these newer, scarier steps, and my ability to work through my thoughts, my limiting, like anything that comes up as far as managing your emotions and thoughts. So, how does that piece land for you? As far as my emotions. So, like, if something's scary, right, that's going to have a particular kind of freeze effect, at least historically. That's what seems to be the instance for you. So, mm-hmm. do I have the skill set to navigate that piece?
1: Oh, yeah, I know I have the skill set. Like, I'm pretty confident when it comes to that. Like, I know I can do these things. It's just that I don't, I decide not to do them.
0: <laughs> right.
1: So right mm-hmm. now it's just not being motivated to okay. actually do them.
0: Well, I would say that's also something worth exploring because not doing what you know how to do is synonymous with not actually genuinely knowing how to do it.
1: Yeah, I think I can do it. I have the skill set.
0: Yeah. So but yeah, that, that difference between like the potential and the uh, demonstrator, right? I think that's mm-hmm. what I'm getting at. So how does that piece land for you?
1: well, I know that I can do these things. Um, Like I said, I just need to do it. (laughs) So I don't know if I'm really answering your question um, as far as what did you want me to elaborate on?
0: Uh, No, it was just more of an observation, right? So in terms of getting back to this, um, like just managing my thoughts through it, right? And managing my emotions through it, it is nice to say and it is the right thing to say that i, I know all the steps I, I know how to do these things right but the repetition of things like that is what gets you in the trap of the plan a versus plan b right even mm-hmm. when i asked you the first time you're like well now of course it's plan a like that's what i want i, I know that that's where i'm going but, the but that wasn't what was true exactly like despite your knowing of it your demonstration, the evidence you present to reality is the opposite. It's actually your plan A and the business is your plan B. When it comes to executing on plans, it feels good in the moment. It's almost like an ego hit to be like, yeah, of course I know how to do, I know how to manage my emotions. I know how to manage my thoughts. Great. The evidence suggests otherwise, because Mm -hmm. if you did truly know it, like, I know how to drive a car. Like you turn a wheel and you press the gas. Okay, great. But like when you actually get in a car, you realize, oh, like it feels scary (laughs) when you're like changing and merging into traffic. Like somebody's honking. Like now that's a different experience where I do need an additional skill set to refine of like staying calm in situations, managing my thoughts through it, putting in the reps. Then when I can demonstrate I can drive, then I can say, I actually know it not that i understand Mm,
1: i understand what you're saying now so i need to demonstrate that i do have the skill set
0: correct and that's kind of going forward right what i see as your gap in terms of like really crystallizing all these pieces is learning the pieces to demonstrate everything that you say you know that that is really the biggest limiting factor it's not your understanding of what you need to do. It's not uh, likely a plan. I know we didn't get into that, but it doesn't seem like that's what it is. It's not clarity with regards to where you want to go. It's not clarity of what you want. It is managing the emotions and the thoughts that have kept you looped into here. And even at the thought of moving forward, you see how they still bring you back into something and kind of push you back into that blind spot.
1: Yeah, I'm going to write that down, actually.
0: Like, that's your real gap. That's the real game for you to play, much less the planning, execution, what do I send people in my DMs bit.
1: Yeah, it makes sense now. That's definitely it.
0: Perfect. So, Which is
1: a major realization for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it it usually is for, for everybody, so you know, w- w- welcome to managing your thoughts and emotions. Yeah.
1: It's, it's crazy what your thoughts can do, how yeah. it can affect you.
0: All right. So does that feel complete for you?
1: Yeah. It's a lot for me to ponder on. I'm actually kind of like, I guess, shook by that because I didn't, you know, once people like put, give you a different perspective, which is really nice about having a coach, you just, you're open up to things. It's like, how have I been living like this this whole time? How did I not realize this? But I guess that's just a great thing about being a human and living the human experience is you're gonna run into all these obstacles and all these things and you know you can meet someone who can completely change your outlook on life and make you realize things that weren't possible, which is also what I love about the coaching profession. It's just helping other people get to that realization.
0: 100%. That that is the waking up piece, that is the getting the awareness piece. Then the next piece is the growing up piece, which is the one that I was referencing as the closing your gap, which is many people are aware of what's wrong, many people know what they need to do to eat healthier, but how many actually do them? Yeah. That's, that's a the good growing way. up, <laughs>
1: point, right?
0: Mm-hmm. That the growing up piece is where the rubber meets the road and you put what you know to it to the test. And then you collect the evidence of how well you actually know things as mm-hmm. demonstrated by the evidence of it, not your understanding of it. So there is the waking up piece, which processes like this help with, reading helps with, listening to podcasts helps with, you know, going down YouTube university helps with, but the real growing up happens in the iterative process of demonstrating your competence of it. Mm -hmm. That depending on, you know, what you need or don't need can be facilitated or not, but that's really where it counts. So does that last piece kind of make sense?
1: Mm -hmm. And I made sure to write down demonstrated by evidence. That's something I want to take and remember.
0: hundred percent. So again, does that feel complete or is there anything else that is popping up?
1: I think that was it. Like really, I feel so like my shoulders feel lighter because I think that was a major issue that I didn't realize. So now that I have that, I can just add that to my self-aware tool- toolbox and I can take that and make changes with that.
0: 100%. I think that is, uh, that's exactly it. So kudos to you. Um, so yeah, if uh, in that case you feel complete, uh, floor is yours. Just let people know, you know, where they can find you and all that other good stuff.
1: Yeah, you can find me at thekayflower.com. It's t h e k a y f l o w e rcom Or you can email me at kayla at thekayflower.com. I'm also on Instagram, instagram.com slash thekayflower.
0: Love it. So we'll include all those pieces uh, in the show notes and uh, we will see everybody there for the next one.